Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Welcome to Development Hell. For every horror movie that hits VOD, countless others end up DOA. Development Hell is the podcast dedicated to unearthing these cursed horror productions. We're going to find out what went wrong and then decide if these titles still stand a shot at the green light. I am your host, Josh Corngut. I am a filmmaker in Toronto, Canada. This podcast is a proud member of the Dread Podcast Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Development Hell. We've been away for a couple of weeks because we were tired and it was the new year, but we're back and we're energized and we're ready to start all over again. Today, we have a fairly special topic, I would say, and it's a bunch of subtopics within. We are covering all of the unproduced Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoffs. This is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. We were wondering, do we want to do each of these as their own show? No, they're all going to be one show. I'm sorry. We have a very special guest with us today. We have Sheree Bohannon. Sheree is a staff writer at Dread Central, which is where I work, but she's also so many other things. And I think the best thing to do here would have her introduce herself. So Sheree, hi, how's it going? Hi, thank you for having me here. It's going great. How are you? Oh my god, God. I'm doing good. I'm getting ready to talk about Buffy, which is like a mixed bag of emotions, but I'm feeling prepared and I'm feeling ready. But before we do, can you like tell everybody, like, who are you? What's your childhood trauma? What do you do? (laughs) Oh, that's a whole other podcast series. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I am a writer. Um, I write plays. I'm working on television shows because aren't we all um <laughs> i am also a podcaster i am i have a different podcast called a nightmare on fierce street where we get drunk and talk about horror from intersectional lenses is yeah. there like an episode that you would suggest as like gateway 
I would say if you want one to do one of our early episodes, because some people like to start earlier, even though those are not the greater ones. They do. You don't know who you are at first. But if you want to go early, Stanley Kubrick was an asshole. Let you know who we are. (laughs) It's a long episode, but you know exactly who we are. Is that the name of the episode? Yes, that's the title. Oh, wow. (laughs) And it's The Shining. (laughs) That needs to be like, that needs to be an entire documentary. Or a His book or something. It's just too good. I had a little video one on YouTube, which that was the thesis of it. <laughs> so. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I hope that we also start a feud with the Kubrick estate today. Um, but right. if we don't, we will be getting into unproduced Buffy spinoffs. Now, maybe you know that there have been um, Buffy spinoffs in development. Maybe you don't. Today, you are all going to learn. But before we get into it, I'm wondering, Sheree. What is your general relationship with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the series, the film, mostly the series? Okay, um, so I I was one of those weird kids who saw the Buffy movie, and I I liked it enough, but I, I had notes, and so I got my like little purple gel pen and my spiral notebook and was rewriting Buffy, even though I could barely read. Right? I'm like, it yeah. could be better. Uh, she only knows me. Uh, it could mm-hmm. be darker. Uh. And mm-hmm. so, like, I eventually I scrapped that because the real series came out. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I remember I was also like eight. So <laughs> I was like, how do I don't even get yeah. it produced? It'll be hard. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I fell for the show. I didn't get to watch the show until season three because I was a 90s kid. So if you missed the first two seasons, you just missed it. Yeah, Sort of. I feel like a lot of people kind of came into it season three because I do kind of feel like that's when it came into its own powers in a way. It was like its peak season kind of, although you were missing a lot of the back info. It, it's the best season. Uh, my <gasps> first episode was Faith, Hope, and Trick. And I oh, lived my funny. best life. That's so funny because I'm like kind of staring at our the notes that we've come up with together, and I wasn't reading the whole thing. And all I saw was Faith, Open Trick, and I was like, I guess those are her favorite characters. That's cool. I remember Trick. I think no. Okay, Faith, Open Trick. Okay, uh, remind me what happens in Faith, Open Trick. I think I can see it in my head to some degree, but I need a bit of a of seminar. That is our first meeting um, with. I want to say his name is K. Todd Friedman. I probably just fucked it up because That's I'm fine, great. Um, but like Mr. Trick rolls into town and eats like a little burger hut employee. Yes, um, <laughs> yes, yes. I remember this this teaser. Yes. Yes. And then also we meet Faith, who I, I know it's Buffy's show, but Eliza Deshku, let's face <sighs> it, she could take Buffy on a good day. Oh, oh. And I hope that she does because I'm really into lesbians right now, to be honest with you. Like not in a sexy way, but in like an emotional way. Um, I know that you're you're an Eliza Stan. I cannot wait for us to talk about True Calling. Um, God, yes. Spoilers: We will be doing that. It hurt me when they canceled it. I felt like somebody broke up with me in a way that I don't feel <laughs> when men really leave me. I was reading your article on Drag Central very recently, and I didn't realize that it got kind of cut off halfway through a season. That's yeah. horrifying. That's sad. That's an abomination. Especially because you're like, oh, they're back for season two, so we're gonna get answers, and they were like, just kidding. And I was like, why'd you tease us? You, you literally they tease us. They're, they're out here looking to cause devastation. Okay, Sheree, let's say there's someone that from planet Mars and they're like, boop, 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 boop. What is Buffy? What would you say? Like, what oh. is Buffy? I would say Buffy, um, I've had this a lot for my friends. I would say Buffy is about a young girl in high school who finds out she is a vampire slayer. Mm-hmm. And so she has to slay demons, monsters, and stop apocalypses while also like finding her way through high school and figuring out who she is as a person. Um, There's, it's just the only show. It's the only show that's ever existed. And it's by a monster, but that's 
that's coming. We're getting there. Right? I like that I just, answer. Especially because most of the things that she battles in high school are things that most of us relate to. Like, I was homeschooled, but I know enough about high school to be like, oh, yeah, these are insecurities I would have in the real world. And mm-hmm. to see them manifest as monsters, I think that was, like, really cool and exciting for us. Because usually, back then, this was the WB era, people were still treating teenagers and tweens like we didn't really matter and our viewership mm-hmm. meant nothing. Yeah. Uh, we didn't the exist. WB, the demo was brand new. Right? The WB was like, we want your money too, children. Hop in. And mm-hmm. so we were like, oh my god, are we being talked to instead of talked down at? What is this? It's, it was insane. And it was just in time for you and me. And I don't know you. I don't know where, you're, where what, what your deal is. But I do get this energy that we're very similar in age. That we're like right on the same time frame of, of zeitgeist. And that's how I, I feel. I would say so. Because I've turned 25 a few times. I said, we probably balance it out. Mm-hmm. I like that. So favorite episodes is something that I'm very interested in getting into because obviously I have my own and some people are like, no, I can't pick. I can't choose. And it seems like you're one of those people. Yes. But <laughs> I'm going to make you pick. I'm going to make you choose. So let's get into it. Both of us. Let's start with you. Let's get a couple. What are some of your top, top, top favorite Buffy episodes? Okay, um, if we're not doing obvious ones like The Body and Hush, which are both things that they should have won awards for. Hello, Emmys. Okay, <laughs> I guess The Body is obvious. Hush is obvious, yes. But The Body, it's just so good that it like doesn't deserve to be obvious. It so, transcended genre. It was all of the genres, and it was art. And I don't think we've ever seen acting like that, especially the WB. Oh but, my like, God. The reason it lands for me personally is Anya's monologue about Joyce and the fruit punch. And I was like, yep. oh my God, am I the Anya of the group? Because I've loved her forever, but I see myself in her. She's like, or at least she was like my favorite character. History has sort of changed that maybe due to circumstance. But yeah, Anya's my favorite character. I was just listening to that monologue literally yesterday because for some reason my YouTube algorithm picked up the uh, EW reunion and they were talking oh, about yeah. that episode and they showed that clip. It is just art at its best. She should have been given so many jobs and awards because of that clip. Also, her character deserved better than Xander and that's a thing that they never understood. Oh, Xander, hell on earth. And her death? Oh, mm, spoiler alert. I was so also, angry. <laughs> I, I'm still mad. I'm still mad. It's just unfair. Also, like, we're talking about all these spinoffs. Where's the Anya spinoff? Oh, right, she died. Um, Okay, uh, other than the most depressing episode in the history of television, how dare you bring it up? Give me something else. Give me something more. Give me, br- Make me happier. You, 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 you made me so sad. Now make me happy. That's fair. Um, I also really, really love this year's girl in season four because watching Eliza pretend to be SMG and SMG pretend to be Eliza can't be gold and bloody violence. I'm not asking you to know, but I'm wondering who wrote, directed that. If that was a Joss or if that was a Marty, I'm wondering who who spearheaded that one. I hope um, it's Marty. Maybe, but it does give me like Jane or Marty energy. Listen, um, I also really, really like the freshman because Buffy had to reboot herself and it was still a damn good time. <laughs> Yeah, the freshman's a bonkers episode. That's oh, that's not the roommate. I always get that one mixed up with the roommate. Different episodes, like right next to each other, right? Right. It's like the next one because Buffy's like, "I guess it's a badass," and then there's like, "Oh no, she might have flipped her shit. We should watch her." <sighs> there was a bad like lady, like like a and like girl antagonist in that episode yeah. that I remember liking, and I hope that she's doing okay. She probably is. She's probably playing the same character in Lifetime movies right now. Um, can I give you a couple of mine? Yeah, when it's I your show. You should do it. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot. 
Um, my favorite Buffy episode of all time, I probably talked about it a bunch. I can't get over it. It put me literally into therapy as a child, is killed by death near the end of season two. <gasps> yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh my God, it's so good. It's the scariest. It's, I'm pretty sure it was, that would be my quintessential gateway horror moment. Um, for those that don't remember, Buff, it's like a very standalone episode at the end of season two. And Buff, it's actually very relevant to today because Buffy gets this flu that's going around the town. Oh my God, is COVID Dirk Kinderstadt? I'm scared. Oh so God. Buffy gets this flu and she gets admitted to the hospital. And we learn that a bunch of kids have this flu that adults aren't really getting and that they're dying like off one by one. And then Buffy learns because she has this flu and she's like between adulthood and kidhood. She realizes that there's this like really scary Freddy Krueger-esque monster that's sort of stalking this hospital and killing the kids and eating them sort of. And only kids can see him and then she kills him. Um, yeah, I would say that's my favorite episode. So scary. It's a, it's a damn good one. Because like people, we forget season two has some bops. Because well, you were saying season three is so, so good. And I was like, season two is my favorite. Sorry. Bye. Season Sorry. three is my favorite. But like, if you look at like the overall projection of Buffy, I think season two is when they started finding episodes that were like going to be what the real show was going to be. Like oh, yeah. that one in Lie to Me specifically stand out in my world. Mm-hmm. Um, Lie yeah. to Me. Can you remind me of Lie to Me? Oh I my forgot. God. That's when Buffy's friend from back home shows up and he lies <gasps> to her. Uh, and she ends up that- having to... Yeah. <laughs> yes, he makes a pact to kill her because he wants to be a vampire. And then, like, it's really she, emotional. They really the, get it right. It's that beautiful moment with her and Giles in the cemetery where she's waiting yeah. to kill her friend, and she's like, "Just lie to me, Giles." And he's like, "All the bad guys wear black hats, and all the good guys wear white hats, I'm, and everything is very I'm crystal clear." Oh, yeah. um, yeah. Also, that's just quintessentially not a true statement, but that's okay. Um, she wanted to be lied to, and as her father figure, he did it. He really did do that. Yeah. You have a couple more on this list that I want to get into. I know everyone. Read- yes. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. So talk, talk to me a little bit about seeing red. What's the deal here? Okay, so like I am chaos. And so mm-hmm. I love when we mm-hmm. remind ourselves that the Scoobies can die, which we, <laughs> unfortunately, I love Tara, but also seeing her get shot, I was like, excuse you? We don't do this anymore. We haven't done this as Miss Calendar. And so, <laughs> oh yeah, Miss Calendar. Passion, which fucked up Giles for episodes. Um, but I was like, oh no, this isn't real. This isn't real. And then it leads to us getting the best big bad reveal we've ever had. Because like, you know what? I like Angelus. I like what he did to the Scoobies. But like Dark Willow, that's my bitch. I almost wish we had her for longer. I almost wish that we had like a further arc. But it is kind of cool that it's like bam out of nowhere she's gonna kill all y'all and she skins that guy that really roughed me up as a kid i do not like skinning in horror and that happens in the next episode maybe or is it in like that's her first, that is her first active business once it's like i'm dark willow down and i because warren was has been trash for a hot minute and so yeah. like i was i'm not gonna lie this season because it was their first season at upn and they just resurrected buffy and i'm like y'all are struggling a little bit but i'm gonna stick <laughs> it out because now magic <laughs> is a drug what are we doing that was and weird. so it was when dark willow appeared I'm like this was the reason for the season yeah <laughs> it, it absolutely was and i think it uh it solved like it, we kind of forgive it now because of how iconic dark willow is yeah. we're kind of like well it's okay it was a bit of a messy season but we got dark willow and we got the musical yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. Once more with feeling, which I still listen to. I, I'm not even going to oh. lie to you. I wish I would stop, but I can't. I haven't memorized. How was that never on Broadway? I mean, probably because no one would go, but I'm still I confused. Go. I would Should go. Should we go? Yeah, Should let's we? go. Let's produce let's it. it. 
Let's go to let's like let's go into debt and jail because we tried making a Buffy Broadway show. Done, 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 done. I'm gonna fund it with articles about Buffy the <laughs> <Yeah>. Vampire Slayer. <laughs> me too, me too, me too, me too. Did we talk about Hush? I know we mentioned it being an Avi Pavi, but I feel like we need to say something about it. I feel like it must be said. Yes. First off, it was it was theatrical, and it was the fact you did a whole episode of Buffy silent when so much of it relies on like zippy one liners. Um, mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. it was a silent Buffy episode. What else can you do other than have creepy gentleman monsters floating around? I sometimes I watch it for Christmas, like some people do, like Christmas episodes. Oh, that's beautiful hush. for you. That's beautiful Thank for you. you. It also introduced me to that classical piece of music, Dance Macabre. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I never it like really changed my life obviously everyone already knows of it but I didn't and I was in theater school uh in my first year acting class and they made us do this horrible nightmare of a of a um, assignment called vocal masks as a theater person are you familiar with these I've taken one acting class so there was not (laughs) not one now (laughs) acting classes held don't take them don't let your kids do that but yeah we had to do these things called vocal masks where you had to like I don't know mime and do weird things with your body to like be like this is who I am and I remember using that song because of that episode nobody cares um (laughs) nobody cares nobody cares and because they don't care I'm going to tell them about the breakdown of this episode okay I told you this is a big one we have a lot of topics to cover we're going to cover all of the unproduced Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoffs so that's going to include Buffy the Animated Series get into it Faith the Vampire Slayer incredible Ripper, the Giles BBC show that didn't happen. Very cool. Slayer School, the Willow Rosenberg, like, potentials college thing. Sure. And a Spike direct-to-video movie called Spike Into the Light, which, sure, why not? Before we get into them, had you, before agreeing to this episode, were you familiar with any of these topics? Everything but the Spike film, because again, <laughs> I was I was a Buffy nerd. Like, had okay, you caught good. me in like 2019 or before, I could sit here and list episode, title, number, oh, and God. season. Sometimes outfits, because Buffy had some outfits. <laughs> this is good. Oh, oh, the outfits are. Oh, they, they actually they kind of fluctuate with history. Some days were like, ew, Buffy outfits. How dare they? And other days were like, mmm, um, leather pants, delish. The costume okay. department let us know she was struggling. I feel like now, looking back on the fashion of Buffy, the first two seasons are now in, like, the acceptable, it's so old, it's good again books. Mm-hmm. But I feel like season five and onward, we're like, not yet. Like, you've got five more years in prison before before we can talk about you. I love the episodes that uh-huh. de- or could be described as the pineapple look, because she do that with her hair, where it's, like, up, and it's blonder than usual, and you're like, who did this? <laughs> Often more like, than usual is how I would describe a pineapple. And floral prints. I'm like, how old is she again? She's in floral prints off the shoulder? Really? Off the shoulder. Off. I would say the most iconic Buffy, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy Summers look is that black tank top with the red leather pants. Am I wrong? Yes. I wanted to wear that. Like, I don't look good in red. I don't look good in leather pants. And I will never have those kind of arms. But I would try still today. I feel like right? that's the Buffy Halloween costume. Um, yes. If you were to be a Buffy character for Halloween, who would it be? And it hasn't happened. I So I would, in this stage of my life, I would be Willow, just because I like red hair and I have a wig that needs love behind me that's mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. enough. Um, she's also struggled these last few years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before, I would have been Anya just because I was like obsessed with Anya. I wanted her to do better than Xander um, in all iterations Anya. of Anya. I was like, she's she's kind of a badass. So speaking of evil, speaking of cruelty... 
Yes. Speaking of all things dark. Okay. The person behind the curtain. Oh, Whedon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I think maybe, Whedon is maybe just... this is the time. Yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately, sometimes awful people give us things that we love. Yeah. And unfortunately we he was hidden for so long Mm -hmm. because like again most of these people are getting their bread and butter from buffy um even after it ended they're still like getting those residuals and things so somebody wanted to talk Mm -hmm. about it even though we knew something shady was happening with the way charisma carpenter's character was handled because we were like that feels personal okay so did you feel that way back sort of before this all came to light you could sort of clock something was going on Yes, because her character was getting all this growth and doing all this cool stuff in the Angel spinoff. And all of a sudden, she was pregnant and then she was in a coma. And I was like, this feels weird. This feels personal. Mm-hmm. Was she a, mm-hmm. was, was she difficult to work with or was somebody not wanting to work with her? And I didn't get answers until this last year. Yeah, see, it was all news to me because I, I think I'd watched maybe the first two seasons of Angel, but it's mm-hmm. not it's not my gig. So actually, when I heard her get like sort of explain everything that had happened to her, I misunderstood. And I thought that maybe this was during the Buffy era. But this makes so much more sense that this was during the Angel era where they basically killed her off. So she basically got fired because she was pregnant. What hell? What sexist garbage? Right? Like, I was like, you can work with so many other actors. Why couldn't you work with someone who'd been with you since episode one and was like an attention getter? Like, we all love Cordy's journey. Like, she had the best journey of anybody. And that's both series. Like, she went from your basic valley girl who only cares about herself to like learning how to have friends, learning how to like want to save the world and like willing to put herself in danger for it and like suffer visions and shit. And then all of a sudden, it's like, now she's evil, now she's pregnant, and now she's in a coma until we pull her out for one last episode years later. It's so horrifying and rough. Yeah, I would say like Cordelia was definitely my favorite, one of my favorite characters from Buffy. So. <laughs> Just so much fun to watch. And yeah, would you say this, when Charisma Carpenter sort of came out with her story about how Joss Whedon mistreated her, was this basically the first time that we had heard sort of the truth about Joss Whedon behind the scenes? Or had it happened ever before? I mean, there had definitely been whispers for a few years because I remember when he started getting his divorce, his wife was alluding to things that happened with women on set. And I was like, does this mean he was having an affair with someone? Because, like, I've watched all of his shows. So, like, unfortunately, I was like, which ones went to more of his shows than others? Mm-hmm. Um, and also that I forgot the actor's name from the Avengers, but he, not the Avengers, Justice League. Justice League, an actor came out and was like, John Whedon's racist. And people oh, were like, yes. what, huh? Right, (laughs) and it went away yes it did go away really fast that's true okay so that was like yes the first big wave of anti-weedon news was from justice league and people were like oh nobody cares like joss whedon versus an actor such an actor of color like bye nobody cares bye and that was Um, when i was like i need to do one last marathon because i don't know what else is about to come out and i know i'm gonna be upset the next time i come through so i like i did it all including the cabin in the woods because i was like i Mm -hmm. I have to say goodbye to all this shit because i don't know if i'll be able to watch it again without being angry my favorite gif to use of all time is from the michelle branch music video goodbye to you and it's like her putting on the necklace and it says on the bottom corner like goodbye to you the name of the song and i just use it under all circumstances and i just wanted my my listenership to know about that. Um, Remember when she popped up in season six to do goodbye to you in the bronze? Oh <laughs> no, Brianna! 
yes, I do remember. So many of my fa- my musical faves have performed at the Brahms, including, do you know who Amy Mann is? Because she's my yes. Yeah, I was really? in the 90s. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, we do. Yeah, Amy Mann's my number two, with Tori Amos being number one. Also, one of my favorite musical acts that nobody is aware of was on like the first big Buffy the Vampire Slayer soundtrack compilation. Their band's called Brass Poutina. I'm not expecting you to have ever heard of these people. They're like, does vague? Okay, good. They're like, uh, uh, how do I explain them? Like goth, classical, like, like girls playing cellos but it's like kind of like gothy and industrial yeah very I if, very 90s i wonder if i saw them with like biff naked or something when i was in that phase of my life and that's why biff it sounds naked. vaguely familiar biff naked is why i'm so proud to be canadian listen i think she's part of the reason i wanted to be canadian i was like i can't be british i can't mm-hmm. be canadian what is <laughs> what is the point in life being with <laughs> biff naked canadian ship this is everything um do you remember her song and this is the one i feel like people don't remember enough spaceman is my number one song by her it's uh, it does not belong in that canon it's completely a different genre of music yeah. it's like sad electronic it's so good I um, literally was like, this is not Biff Naked. They messed this up. And I had to go back <laughs> in and dress it on my own. I was like, it is Biff Naked. Yeah. It's like, is this, um, oh, do you remember? Fuck. Do you, like, do you, oh, what was that song? It was really popular. We I could do that. are the lucky ones. That's a terrible <laughs> song. No, no. Uh, do you really, nah, 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 nah. it reminds me of that song. doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm stopping. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm yeah. <laughs> what am I sorry? What am I trying to sing? I'm trying, whenever, okay, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. I can't remember the name of the song because I can only remember the Canadian infomercial that took the song and changed the lyrics for the computer shop. And in that infomercial, the the lyrics are, do you really want a clone? And then a little girl goes, no, because you don't want like a, like a fake version of a good computer. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Even the commercials are better in Canada, damn it. Okay, I need to stop having a mental breakdown on air. Okay, so first we have, and we're not doing him any respect by forgetting his name, but um, the lead actor from Justice League. Then we have Charisma Carpenter, and also nobody cares, but all of a sudden, um, her coworkers start to back her up, and then people yeah. start to notice. Ray um, Fisher. Thank you. That's very important that we got that out of respect. Um, I don't. Justice League, and so I was like, "There's a black actor that said he's racist." I believe it, and I just went about my day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. But anytime someone talks about superhero movies, I'm like, "Oh, I've I'm in a different room." How did that happen? Although, no, 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 although, no, although. Um. Okay. So for number one, number two, and then number three, four, and five, I feel like all happen at the same time. I do remember Amber Benson coming quickly mm-hmm. to the support of Charisma Carpenter, which I thought was cool because. Well, we live, I just like her, whatever. Um, also, they told mm-hmm. her that she was too overweight for TV the whole time she was there. Amber Benson? Yeah. Excuse me, what? They said that... Tara was too heavy. And I was like, you have one person who looks like they've eaten a sandwich today. And, and I love- She's perfect and beautiful. And yeah. it explains all the drapery they were putting her in, those mother right? farts. Right? I can, I can start my own show. Those motherfuckers. Uh, um, horrifying. Do you remember when Amy- mm, Adams showed up as her cousin. That was, that was funny. I don't even understand how that happened. Uh, I feel sometimes like I'm watching true... something and Amy's Same, just there. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's her true self. And I'm not anti-Amy, but I just feel like that's that's her behind the scenes. No, that's rude. She's um, definitely pulled a cousin out of fun before. I can see it in her. 
<laughs> yeah. I want to know more about that family backstory, though. Um, so we have Amber Benson. I feel like Michelle Trachtenberg is actually one of the more gruesome uh, accounts. I feel like she alluded to more than just, like, bullying. I feel like she alluded to, like, very inappropriate relationship. Or, not relationship, but inappropriate behaviors towards her, considering she was underage and and someone that was working for him. So... Also, James Marsder wrote an inappropriate song for her, and no, they just let it happen, and nobody talked about it until, like, years after she was legal. I didn't know about that. Yeah. James, stop. You're gross. He's got some ook to him. I don't know how much yeah. and how far, but when that story came out, I was like, oh, no, James. The scenes. Okay, so Michelle Trachtenberg came to say some spooky stuff. Um, am I missing anybody? I think that's it. Because, I mean, like, of course, SMG was definitely, like, in solidarity. Um, and a yeah, it was very politically correct, though. I feel like it was, like, pretty safe. Right? I, again, I feel like some people are still afraid that, like, if they say too much, it'll, like, ruin the legacy. But, like, we live yeah. in 2020, whatever the hell we are now. So, like, once it's out, it's out. And you're still going to get paid. Nobody's going to stop watching Buffy, aside from me. No. That's, that's what no. happens. And you're not getting another role ever again. It would have happened by now. No, I shouldn't say that. I'm rooting for you, Sarah Michelle Geller. It could happen. She's going to do some more rom-coms. And, like, she's got her whole little, like, side business because her and Selma Blair are friends. Okay, how dare you undermine Foodsters? How dare you undermine Foodsters? Foodsters is a very important business. Um, Sarah Michelle Geller has this, like, little food side business where she, like, I think it's, like, pre-packaged, like, kind of like uh like a food kit yeah. but it's like organic cooking for children um but i love it she, i want to get them don't you kind of want them <laughs> i want them i'm sorry the older she gets the more she becomes the joyce of the friend group <laughs> that's good i don't okay my favorite moment in sarah michelle geller history okay i hope you remember this and if you don't that's good too so when george michael died <laughs> do you remember this <laughs> Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about already? No, when, but I remember <laughs> hearing about jo- it. When George Michael died, I don't know what year this was, you know, a little while back now, she went onto Twitter, already a mistake, and said, oh no, I'm so sad that boy George died. <laughs> That's like one of Tatro energy right there. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, they were two gay pop stars with the name George. How could she know the difference? How could she? How, how, how can we? How can we expect that from her? The star of the grudge to know that. I'm sorry. All right, we're half an hour in. We gotta get into it. I wanna start us off with talking about, if you're okay with this, mm-hmm. Buffy the Animated Series. Are you into that? Yes. Oh my god, yes. All right, are you are you willing and able to receive a little bit of a lecture, a little bit of a seminar right now on Buffy the Animated Series from me, your friend Josh? Always, thank you. Okay, incredible. So in the year 2002, if you can imagine such of a thing, uh, 20th Century Fox decided to go ahead and greenlight a Buffy the Vampire series animated series for kids. This would have been for their Fox Kids label, which unfortunately folded the year that this was in development. So Buffy the Animated Series would have taken place during the first season, and it was going to be spearheaded by uh, an animated TV show writer by the name of Jeff Loeb. He had created something at the time called Seven Little Monsters. Never heard of it. Had you heard of that? I have not. Not until right now. 
Okay, Poor perfect. Jeff. Perfect. Yeah. So it didn't get produced and eventually it would, uh, the storylines created for it would get incorporated into the season eight comic books. Like a lot of these stories ended up being. But as I said, one of the reasons Buffy the Animated Series did not get produced is because Fox Kids folded. Um, so after Fox Kids ceased operations, uh, Fox Network did their best to sell Buffy the Animated Series out. And unfortunately, nobody picked it up. One of the reasons we understand that it was too much of a risk for other networks to pick up Buffy the Animated Series is because it was really expensive to make. Our friend Joss Whedon was really adamant that they had a really high quality in animation, something akin to the 90s Batman the Animated Series or even Animaniacs. And there is a four-minute pilot that you can see online and that I forced you to watch where you can kind of see this high quality animation at play. So most of the cast from the original series would return except for SMG, of course, who was replaced by somebody else. I forgot her name. I'm so sorry. She did the video games. I should know her name. She did do the video games. Oh my God. Did you play? First of all, did you play the video games? This is so important to me. Yes, I only got to play one of them because we were poor. And so I got the one and I was supposed to shut up and I did. I never played them. I'm. We were also poor and I never, and I just didn't have, like, I had Nintendo 64 and it wasn't on that. So RIP me. It was me. a PS2 exclusive and was it not oh. a damn good time. Oh my God. I, I beat up so many vampires. Was it Chaos Reigns or the first yes. one? It doesn't. Yeah, it was. Incredible. Yes. Yeah, this girl definitely voiced her in that. And uh, judging by the four minute pilot that they made her she really did it oh, her name is giselle lauren or loren yes so we love you giselle lauren we hope that you're happy and alive and if or happy and dead whatever um so they had this little pilot and they tried to sell it out but nobody wanted it and it was very sad yeah and then by 2005 we didn't announce that the series was dead Sheree, i forced you to watch it how did you feel about the four minute mini pilot I felt cheated because I would have watched the hell out of that. I'm not even going to lie to you. I would have watched it because I was all about Batman animated. So I got that ba- Batman animated feel. I was like, why is she punching dragons in the mouth? I don't know, but I'm here I love for that. It. It, was it was good. It was good. I was like, let her fight a dragon. She's Buffy. I know. And, the, and, and if they had the CG eye of it all for the show, she would have. Um, and I, I just so also yeah. love that the actors got to be there because I was like, that's Allison. That's Nicholas Brendan. That's, yeah. that is my Giles. Oh my God, that is Anthony. And so oh, that was yeah. also weird. I love when Nicholas Brendan gets to work. It's very important. It's very <laughs> good because you know he needs to eat and sometimes he's really unhinged on social media, but we still want him to be healthy, happy, and wise. I remember many, many, many moons ago, I was randomly watching Criminal Minds because Reed is hot and Nicholas <laughs> Brendan was just there and I was like, oh, he still works. Good for him. Oh, yeah. He definitely was on that for a while. And he, I remember right after Buffy, he was on some kind of, like, drama about chefs. Never watched it. Don't know <laughs> what it is. No. He was also in a horror movie called Pinata Island. And I remember he, seeing it at the video store and being like, He was in a movie I weird. watched called Coherence a couple weeks ago for uh, Liz. Hello. And it's actually a good movie. I've heard of Coherence, which is shocking that he's in something I've heard of. It was good. It was not the kind of scary I thought it was going to be, but I was like, I don't like this. This needs to stop. Figure this out now. What? Like like new-ish, like in the last 10 years? Yeah, yeah. I want to say it came out in like uh, 2015-ish, but I am bad with math. Do you remember 2015, though? That was 90,000 years ago. 
it just feels like a very different world where I was less happy, but less worried of dying all the time. Two Adele albums ago. <laughs> That's how we measure time. That's bad because that means there's a lot of dead air because she doesn't release a lot of music. Listen. <laughs> so do you think it would have been good? Do you think if we had seen Buffy the Animated Series, it would have like been everything and all that we would wanted and more? I think it would have definitely been catered to children, but we would have been there because we are Buffy stands, and we would be like trying to pick it apart like it's for adults. Like, well, this story arc doesn't make sense, and it's like she punched a dragon in the mouth, Sheree. Yeah, yeah, what are you talking about? You're <laughs> stupid. Um, I thought it was funny. I like laughed. I thought her like I thought they got the spirit of her in that little clifty clip. They so, did. They did. It so was very season you, one scoops. Yeah, um, I remember reading that it was like. It was supposed to always, it was always going to be in a perpetual state of season one. And I remember it being described as the continuity of an episode 7.5. Incredible. Ooh, I, I love that. Okay, so you said before, you remember numbers and, and titles. What was episode seven of season one? Oh my God. We were getting close to like Prophecy Girl, but it was. I hear you was cheating. Was it the birthday? Was it the birthday? Am I, wait. There was no birthday episode in season one. You're a, you're a hack. No, it was Angel. It was Angel. Oh, that was a boring one because it was about Angel. We all knew what was happening. Also, Darla had guns. (laughs) Good. Give Darla guns. I obviously am not pro-gun except for in the case of Darla. It was just so over the top. I was like, are we in the same show? Am I watching something different? I I have to say Darla. First of all, Darla, opening image of Buffy. How can we ever critique her? She was she was a mood. She was a mood. I want a Darla Drusilla show. I will say it's probably not a a hot take at all. Favorite character, Drusilla. Sorry. She was so unhinged. I love everything about that actor follows me on Twitter. I don't know why. Oh, I'm crying. Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. She randomly followed me a couple years ago and I started crying immediately as you do. I just did a post for this episode and I got a like from like James Marston's like, like, like news.org, like nothing to do with him. And I was like, oh my God. So, all right, that's enough about Buffy the Animated Series, I would say. So we're done. Sorry. Would you mind if we moved on into Faith, the Vampire Slayer? Yes, please. Because again, Miss Dushku or Dushku, I don't know how to say it anymore. It's I don't know how to say I was going to lean on you. I always say Dushku, but I'm from Missouri, so I don't do words. I want to say Dushku. Maybe if I choose one, you choose the other, there'll be something in between. Because we can't call real. her ED, because that does not feel right. <laughs> That's funny. And it's also inaccurate. It's like, and, and unfortunately, like I, never mind. Um, okay. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. <laughs> Faith the Vampire Slayer, okay, was going to be a potential Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff series, one that I personally would have really liked to have seen. Uh, Mr. Tim Minear, who was uh, a writer on Angel, on Firefly, and more recently American Horror Story, was the dude that was really sort of campaigning to create Faith the Vampire Slayer around 2002, 2003. Um, It was going to potentially star Eliza as Faith, But unfortunately, she chose to go on to a different show, which has come up already and will never stop coming up, True Calling. Uh, There's not a lot of information on the internet about Faith the series, but there's a really long quote from Dushku about it. 
And I was wondering, since you went to theater school, if you would be interested um, being Eliza for us and reading this really, really, really long paragraph. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to. You can say no and I can do it. But I think it'd be nice in like a very like, in, in a floral feminine voice. That's not I love mine. it. Use Mine my higher registers. <laughs> I sound like I'm speaking from the gutter at all times. It's just I remember this one time I picked up my grandmother's phone and her friend went, Charlotte, do the cold. You sound so sexy. I always get surd on the phone. <laughs> oh my phone god. Voice. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, dude. Um I wish I got sir on the phone. People just think I'm an old lady with a cold. We do. We all ladies with colds. <laughs> yeah, we are, especially nowadays. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh. So, in the words of Eliza Dushku, this is what she had to say about Faith the Vampire Slayer. The idea for the Faith spinoff just kind of came up in discussion because everyone really, I think, was feeling like this show's going to end. And there are all these fans who love it so much and who love these characters. And so, if possible, how could we extend that? I just personally felt like it would have been a really hard thing to do. And not that I wouldn't have been up for a challenge, but with it coming on immediately following the show, I think that those who would have been really, those would have been really big boots to fill. I think it would have been compared to Buffy. And just in terms of me, I've played that character on and off for five years now and I've changed a lot. And while the character of Faith changed when I came back because I've changed, I felt like maybe it was time to, I mean, I love Faith. She's my girl. And she's been really good to me, but I kind of just wanted to try something else. Clearly that, because it had nothing to do with me not trusting Joss and his team of writers, who I just think are amazing. Tim Minear and Drew Goddard and Marty Noxon and all these people, they're so talented. And it had nothing to do with me doubting that they could make this show amazing. But I just, I don't know. Sometimes you have to go with your gut. And my gut was telling me that I need, maybe needed something to try that I maybe needed to try something else that was just different. Honestly, like, I want to hate it as an answer, but it's kind of legitimate. I don't, it's like, the, she's got it's funny. The, it is. It's the best way of being, like, I don't want no more of Whedon's bullshit, but I'm not trying to mess up my bag. She did go on to do this other show called True Calling, and the producers that were in development with Eliza at this time were kind of worried that she was going to choose the Faith spinoff over True Calling, but then, of course, she never did. And I, we have a True Calling stand on the line right now. So I'm just wondering, what was the plot? Like, what's the log line for True Calling, if you had to say? Okay, so our girl True, played by Miss Deshku, um, is a medical <laughs> student who's poor because we're all poor cool. in college. So she takes a job at the city morgue and cool. finds out dead people can talk to her. And when they talk to her, she relives their last day with them and has the power to change things and save them. I love it. How right? do we feel about the the spelling of true T R U no E no E? It was one of it? those. Sh- it was one of those shows I didn't understand. The nineties were done, and that was a red flag. That and her like <laughs> her like thready scarves. She would have like scarves that were just like rope, and I'm like, what are you doing? Are you you doing? mentioned them in your article, and I laughed and I laughed, and I'm still laughing, and I'm in prison now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, R I P True Calling. Only two seasons, not even one point five. How dare! Whatever. Listen, and it, it made me so mad because I'm not going to lie. The first few episodes, I'm like, you still feel like you're doing your pilot. But I stuck it out and it got so spicy. They added Jason Priestley, who was also gifted, but wanted people to stay dead. So we had conflict finally. Conflict. She found, out he, 
she found out her mother also had this gift from the guy she works for who didn't tell her this before she was like, um, weird things are happening. And so I'm like, season two is going to be lit. And they were like, stop season two the second you're done with this episode. Just like, don't give it a second season. Don't lie to me. Was she the lead in Dollhouse? I feel like she was. Yes. Yes. Oh, interesting. Did that get two or three seasons? It got two and it shouldn't have. (laughs) It should have only had one or none. One or none. One or or none. It was, it was a weird show. It was my least favorite of all the Dushku shows I've seen. Um, isn't it just what's that show on HBO that no one watches, but it's very popular? Um, <laughs> Which one? Westworld. <laughs> oh yeah, it was very. Is that Westworld? I don't know anything about either, but I'm saying that they're the same show. Purse. Okay, so like from what I remember, because I only done Dollhouse once because it was bad. Um, yeah. It's basically Dushku walking around in outfits, being purchased by men who want to like use her as girlfriends and other oogie things. Mm-hmm. But she's also kind of an assassin, and she comes to realize that all these people who have this job with her are also sort of here against their will because they something happened. I don't remember what. And so she rallies the troops because she's a badass. She was a slayer in a previous life. <laughs> so, like, Literally literally mm-hmm. and so they were like how do we overthrow this and get out of here and i don't remember much else <laughs> yeah i remember being excited for it and then seeing that pilot and being like this this is about nothing and that's how right. i still feel today right and i forgot we- that she was in it so speaking of nothing <laughs> um our third and one that I actually you know what, i take it back not speaking of that speaking of something our third failed buffy spinoff for today is ripper Ripper, I think, as I mentioned in the opening, was going to be a BBC series or limited series based on the origins of Giles. So back in the day, the character Giles from Buffy, played by actor Anthony Stewart Head of Repo, the genetic opera fame, that's right. uh, His nickname in the series was Ripper. And this BBC series was going to feature him dabbling in the occult during his rebellious youth in I believe like the 1970s in London. Uh, Josh, no, just kidding. Joss Whedon said the show was going to have a sort of classic English ghost stories vibe and it was going to explore the theme of loneliness. And honestly, I feel seen. This sounds incredible. Right? Um, yeah. It was supposed to start and the show was going to be a miniseries, as I mentioned, on the BBC. Um, around 2007, it was then confirmed, sort of, that it was going to then be a 90-minute special on the BBC. And Joss Whedon and Anthony Stewart Head and the BBC were all confirmed to be going straight ahead. But then it didn't happen, as none of these really did. And I'm going to speak as Anthony Stewart Head because I made you be Eliza last time. Are you feeling that? Is that okay? That feels fair. It's what he would want. It's what you would want. Should I do a British accent? No, that's unhinged. That's insane. I'm not going to do that. Do it. Originally. <laughs> no, that's so bad. Already. Oh my God. No, this is what Anthony Stewart had had to say. Originally, when he pitched it to me, I'm assuming jo- um, Joss Whedon, it was a series and it was Giles as the sad, lonely man in England without a reason to be. It was pretty much ghost stories. Week by week, some ghost would somehow affect him. Then he said he didn't want to, and by that time, I think he'd been affected by Angel and the need to write weekly stories. I think he found at that point that the drive was just different. So he suggested this one film, and this was going to be the one film we were going to make. He told me that he had this one story that he had written, and it was absolutely beautiful. And I hope that one day it does get made, whether it's in the guise of Ripper or whether we'll see it as a one-off TV movie. 
It's a lovely, lovely story. It's kind of a ghost story. It's also about a man investigating his own soul, and it's fascinating, lovely, sad, and it's just classic Joss Whedon. I hope we get to make it one day. From there on in, if it was successful, maybe we could have been convinced to do a series. As I say, now he's back in the seat of doing a weekly series with Dollhouse. Maybe he can be convinced otherwise. Never say never. But at the same time, I think it's on the shelf for a while. He sounds hungry for it, to be honest. He sounds like uh, he he's, he's he's horny for horror for this one. Is that your interpret for this? Does it sound like yeah. he really wants to do? He he wanted it. Like yeah. I I remember being weirded out that he left Buffy, even though it made sense. And I was like, clearly they're setting oh, up a spinoff, right? He did leave. Holy shit! Was that just for season seven or six as well? He I think he left around the middle of season six. He's like, Buffy, you need to be an adult. We're gonna double meet palace to figure out your own sister shit. And he left. That's right. And he came back because Dark Willow was doing too much. And she beat him up real quick. <laughs> and he took her to London with him. And then he was gone until the end of the series again. That's so funny. I remember because in the musical, he's like, you must be an adult now. Right? That, that was how the song went. That's how, that was the perfect. That was exactly the way it went. Like, I'm going to get sued because it was so accurate. It's too accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i like ah, this one sounds good this one sounds like something i'd like to see even though it's about a dude and i don't like that but i also just love the title ripper like i love that that was his uh his nickname and it's just such a good name for a gothic series i really wouldn't Giles mind seeing had a it. past and i've always oh, wanted it a hot and spicy past you know him and Ethan were setting all kind of shit on fire, and I want Okay, that. okay, wait a second, wait a second. Hold on. Who's the top? Ethan Embry or Giles, whatever his name is. Oh, you know it's Giles. Yeah, Ethan's a bottom, 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 bottom. Or he's, like, kind of just, like, I feel like Ethan's down to clown, to be honest. He's, like, <laughs> like garbage-verse. <laughs> I could see him being talked into it, but, like, I feel like out of those two, it's definitely Daddy Giles. I love that for them. I really hope that they're happy together because they're such a hot couple. Jaws had a couple of hot relationships. I forget. What was his girlfriend's name in season four? She was definitely there during Hush, but she was there more than one episode. It was the black woman from London with the locks who would never let her have things to do, but she would just no, be like, no, 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 no. She would just look scared sometimes. Right? Um, but they were hot. Right? And I was here for her and him. I'm like, why can't she stay? But every time she showed up, shit popped off. It's the hell mouth. And I'm like, no wonder she doesn't stay. Good for her for leaving. Well, it's the first and only Black character in the history of that show. But maybe, am I mistaken? Am I forgetting anybody? I mean, aside from Mr. Trick, yeah. Oh, and Kendra. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, how, how, I don't want to, I don't want to erase Kendra personally. I know yeah. other people maybe do and they have their reasons, but I'm a fan. Oh, and Principal Woods. Oh, what? yeah, yeah. Because he, no, he was also Buffy's boring. love interest. And I was like, but you're human. Is this going to work for her? And it wasn't. It wasn't no. going to work for her. Um, no. he, was kinda, he was kind of boring. I mean, TV. not as boring as Riley, but like... Oh, my God. How dare you bring up Riley right now? That was absolutely <laughs> rude. Um, also, his mother saved him. Because the mother's backstory of being one of the slayers that Spike killed made that juicy. That was pretty... I don't know how that holds up now, but that was cool. That, oh, that, yeah. that subway, New York subway, 1970s murder mo- moment. Yeah. Because she's, like, I, okay, so I have I have mixed feels about that whole Spike backstory, because it shows that we had slayers who were not white before, but mm-hmm. also it's just Spike killing a bunch of, like, women of color. And so, like, I, I'm conflicted, but yeah. I, I don't, it's not the one I was, like, set the shit on fire. It's no beer mm-hmm. bad. 
can we talk about how the character of Gun does not get enough respect in this universe? Oh my god. Have you seen the EW reunion? Because he has some very interesting moments on it that need to be seen where he talks about how the producers treated him in his audition process. And like they treat it as kind of like he 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 on it. But if you like think about it for three seconds, it's crazy and wild how, what what they were doing with that poor boy. I can only like, imagine. Yeah, yeah um, I, su- I suggest, I suggest it. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it because I've always suspected, I've always wondered. And I know for a fact, 90s actors who are black were always having these stories, but never sharing them because they also would like to make money and work. Because like that yeah. one guy, oh my God, Heroes. We had a black superhero in Heroes who was bulletproof, but he died because he got shot trying to protect Allie Larder, who was the person who had him fired. I know. Okay. I know nothing about Heroes except for the Allie Larder Gehenna of it all. So that guy. Anyway, so he's bulletproof and died by a bullet. Is it irony yeah. or is it stupidity? I can't tell. Thank you, because I remember watching it happen. Like, but he's bulletproof, huh? And then, like, while we were in this time of COVID, he's like, "I'm gonna go ahead and tell y'all what really happened." And I gathered around that campfire, and he told us, and I was like, "I should have known it was her. I should have known." Yeah, it. she has. Okay, <laughs> I might just cut this out. But doesn't she kind of have racist face? You know how there's gay face? Because I I have gay face and I and I celebrate that. But she kind of has racist she, face. She does. You look at her and you're like, she doesn't like me because of my skin color. But I can't <laughs> yeah, 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 talk yeah. to her about it because yeah, yeah. I don't know her. <laughs> yeah. She, I also think she might hate me because I'm fat. But I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. But she has the face. She, she has the she face. Might. She, 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 she does have the face of that cheerleader yes. who only knows how to be problematic Becky. Mm-hmm. And so she's mm-hmm. like, what do you mean your hair is not straight? What do you mean you're not blonde? What do you mean you had a burger? Oh my God. My husband <laughs> played football in high school. We're big deals. Uh, R.I.P. her, man. Because she was so cool in Final Destination 2. I was there for Devin Sawa. I'm not going to lie to you. I was homeschooled. I was about to eye candy. Mm, Devin Sawa, yeah. And you know what? Still doing it in the horror game. Listen. No, Mr. What, Chucky Bucky. That was weird that I said me- that. When they gave me two Devin Sawas and Chucky, I was like, Mr. Mancini, thank you for reading my diary. I call, I call him horror hero Mancini, but I, I was worried that we were going to have, because there's two characters he plays, and one of them has absurdly upsetting fake facial hair, and I was just worried that was going to be for more than one episode, and luckily it wasn't. No, I, it was so bad that I had to see him in his second scene to really understand it was Devin Sawa, because I'm like, what just happened to this man? <laughs> yeah, it I was, was like, bad. oh no. I was like, is this going to ruin the show? Because stuff like that can ruin something for me. Like um, how Rose the Hat, her like top hat, like ruined. Oh, we, I love talking to you about, (laughs) we should do a whole episode about not just Mike Flanagan, but specifically um, um, Dr. Sleep. (laughs) You cannot make a hat a personality. We are no longer in theater school. Especially that hat. Um, You know, I kind of feel like Mike Flanagan and Joss Whedon have this similar brunette fetish. Do you feel this? Yes. And it's creepy. Yes. It's creepy I, and I and it's spooky and it's ooky. I mean, I think that's enough about Ripper. Do you like I have more here, but I don't feel the need to dig into it unless you're like, please, 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 I think I might want to move on to Slayer yeah. School. Right? It's time. It's time. Um, yeah, so this one there's not a lot of information out there, as I've said before, because I'm insecure. But there was going to be potentially a Willow show. And everyone loves Willow. Jane Epsonson, am I saying that wrong? Epsons. That feels right. Yeah, Jane said that back in the day, there was going to be a Buffy series near the end of the original run. 
I think Marty talked with Joss about doing something called Slayer School. And I think that there was some back and forth pitching. She revealed a little bit more information in 2003 that this series was going to be about um, the potentials that were sort of unleashed on us in, ep- in season seven of Buffy, who became Slayers after the episode Chosen, which I think was the very last episode, if I'm not wrong. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay, good. And so it was going to be about all these like potential Slayers that were now Slayers that were going to be learning in this potential college under the tutelage of Willow Rosenberg. Uh, but she also revealed at the time that Whedon did not think this specific spinoff felt right. Um, so it seems like the Slayer school like pitch or concept um, kind of like didn't have too much to stand on. So that's kind of where it gets kind of, what am I talking about? It seems that the concept for Slayer school was never really developed beyond a pitch and that it was never really intended to be a spinoff to replace Buffy, but it was just sort of in talks. How do you feel about Slayer School? How does it how does it rub you? I feel like had it happened, it would have made that last season make sense because I was out here for the young Slayerettes. It was so weird. It should have been good, but it was absolutely not. No, and it just distracted us from our core cast and their last season because it mm-hmm. was a rough season. They threw a shanti at us for no reason in season seven. And I, I mean, was like, why are you being rude? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. you, can be, you can be rude about Ashanti. Was it season seven with Ashanti? And she had yeah. like had a relationship. She was like romantic with um, Xander. I, I yeah. wish that had gone on forever. I wish it never happened. Because <laughs> Xander's not my favorite. We That's a whole no. other hour. No, 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 no. Um, me neither. Um, but I was like, so you leave Anya at the altar and now you're going to date Ashanti? Really? How are you going to? also like a snake demon or something. If I'm not right? Mistaken. Yeah. And I, again, like Xander should have known something was wrong because only women who are into him are demons. I mean, kind of hot, you know, like, <laughs> like uh, it'd be, you could call him a demon chaser, but it's kind of the opposite. I think him and Amy Mann could have really fucked good, but they didn't. So whatever. it would have been hot. It would have been great. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, did you know that you probably do know this, you know, that episode where there was like a robot lady that was like a sex robot and she's oh, trying yeah. to find Warren and she kills everybody. Yeah. Do you know who was supposed to play that sex robot? Who? Britney Spears. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. That would have made it so much different. I know. Wouldn't that have been incredible? Although I do think without her, it had more of an emotional punch. Although that is what we did to Britney Spears. We like made her into the sex robot who like fought back and cried. So. It would have been so meta, especially now that people actually are understanding what was really happening to her. Because yeah, we were babies, yeah. so we didn't understand this was different sexism oh. that she was getting. Oh, we did not understand the hell on earth that was happening in 2003. Um, no. no, we didn't. Wow, 2003, Darkness Falls, um, starring Emma Caulfield. That is the year that that came out. I just saw Chad, who's another... Um, writer at develop no this is i just saw that chad who's another staff writer at dread central tweet about darkness falls and i'm so excited because it's my favorite i Are haven't you... seen it in years i keep trying to sneak it on to like our seasons and it just never happens but i wonder if it does think think of me think listen of me. is that a song i feel like it is um it should be it should be i'm done with slayer school i'm bored i'm moving on i'm moving Same. into the light actually with spike <laughs> into the light so did you know, it sounds like you didn't, because I've already asked you, that there was going to be a proposed Ed Spike TV movie back in the day? 
You said no, so, so you can say no I again. I did not. I did not know. I, it makes sense. Like, you're trying to keep him. I'm like, why are you trying to make Spike fetch? Fetch isn't going to happen. Yeah, I know. I was never a Spike girl. I know a lot of people were, including my mom. But personally, I was like, I don't believe in blonde men. It's just like, it's not a part of my narrative. So it just didn't, it wasn't for me. He, he but, overstayed his welcome. Also, he was a vampire in a wheelchair for a whole season, and we don't talk about that enough. <laughs> I loved that. I thought that was, was great. It was I didn't too like, camp. <laughs> was that too camp? Yeah. You couldn't do it today. You couldn't do it today. But I loved it in 1998. Yeah. <laughs> so Spike was going to get his own movie. Um, and James Marsters, I never say that right, uh, did over time sort of discuss some of the ideas that Joss Whedon and him came up with for the script. Eventually, some of these ideas were used in the Spike Dark Horse comics and sort of loosely followed some of these ideas that never made it to fruition. The plot point for this was about Spike, and he'd recently earned his soul back, and he was homeless, living on the streets for some reason, and he finds it very difficult to survive without committing crimes because, you know, same. And um, <laughs> the vampire, um, oh my god, I'm dying. Okay, so he finds it hard not committing crimes because it's hard. And I think his boots break and he needs a new pair of boots. And then he's on his way to redemption <laughs> and he uh, saves children from a monster. And that's what it's about. Does that make sense? <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna edit that. I just Should I try? Died. I think I need to try that again. No, I, okay. no, I'm not. I'm not okay. gonna do it. I'm, fine. I'm gonna mute myself so I won't laugh through it this time because what the no, hell? No, no, no. It, <laughs> it's what they deserve, you listeners. So May 2004, uh, he said that this was definitely still happening, and that Amy Acker was definitely going to be part of the movie as her spooky character from uh, Angel Illyria. Yes, yes, Illyria. So Amy Acker's Illyria was going to be a part of it. Allison Hannigan was likely going to be a part of it. And of course, James was going to be in it. It was going to be written and directed by Mr. Tim Muneer, who you may remember we talked about earlier in the Faith the Vampire series that never happened. Um, in the Faith the Vampire Slayer series that never happened. And yeah, it kind of sounded like it may have been cute. I mean, I like Allison Hannigan. Amy Acker's fine. And also, uh, J. August Richards, a.k.a. Charles Gunn, was likely going to come back as a main villain after being turned into a vampire. Does he get turned into a vampire in... in, in I think it happens in the comics, because in Angel, he was still alive at the end. That's what I thought. Actually, I didn't think anything, because I didn't know. Bad guy, eh? had the better finale. Charles Gunn as a bad guy. I don't know how I feel about that. He was not bad. He was so nice. So like he's one of the few we can't turn, especially because he's the only black person ever survived Buffy. <laughs> yeah. So for another reason. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We didn't indicate that the Spike movie would take place after the end of Buffy and Angel. So I guess it would be sort of like a tack on thing. But it didn't happen. And I'm okay with it. But Spike Into the Light, kind of a campy title that I'm not like <laughs> absolutely angry at, but I should be. Let's take it for the musical that we're going to write. Let's just do that. I once, and I cannot remember anything, like I've never remembered lyrics properly, but I'm pretty sure I have the Spike song completely memorized from yes. the Buffy musical. And I have to say, it, it kind of slaps. There was a time where I could do the whole soundtrack, um, aside oh, from the musical too. interludes. Yeah. You know whose songs 
like surprisingly really good is the um the Giles yes um Amber Benson one which makes sense because like Giles and his short head is an old school performer and back then you had to be a triple threat and yeah. I don't see him dancing so he's like I'm gonna have to learn how to sing aren't I and we're like yes Ripper yes yes and sing course- baby and of course, Amber Benson's gonna knock out of the park. She's the one they didn't want because she's supposedly so heavy. And so, of course, she's gonna be the girl with all the gifts. She's just like stomping around, like boof, boof, just singing. That's... I was like, if you think she's every way, you would call me obese to my face. Damn it. Yeah, they would be like, yeah, they would just kill me. They'd be like, you are suffering. I'm gonna do you the favor. Goodbye. That's what they said to me. They wouldn't even let me audition. They'd be like, no. No, they didn't. <laughs> For me, neither. Maybe they'd let me be the someone's voice. It'd be like a cartoon, like friend or something. No, that's rude. They wouldn't even let me do that. No. So <laughs> we've gone through it. We have done uh, Faith the Vampire Slayer, we, the first one, Buffy the Animated Series. We have done the Willow Slayer School. We did the Spike movie, Ripper, Giles. We've kind of been, as they say in the musical, through the fire. Right. And I think we did a pretty good job. So to jump into conclusions, I'm wondering, I don't, oh, this is your first time on the show, so I didn't mention, but you and I are Hollywood and we have the right, we have the power, we have the influence to decide if any of these spinoffs will ever see the light of day. Ooh. So we have to be really careful with our decisions because like, you know, it's going to happen or it's not. And like that is on our shoulders right now. So Sheree, I'm wondering, are any of these ever going to happen? I I really want Faith the Vampire Slayer because justice for Faith. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. I want it too, but is it gonna happen? And I don't think it will. I know. Because we can't have nice things. Yeah. Yeah, no, and nor do we deserve. But I do think, and I think one day you and I will talk about this again, Buffy the IP will probably live on in some regard. But I don't think any of these original canon individuals are going to come back. That's my personal feedback. No, they're done. Um, they're dead. Which is sad, but it, yeah. it's also, uh, it's real. You just have to let things go sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah, aka Joss Whedon IP. It's all gotta go. Yes. Especially it's that Shakespeare go. thing. Like, get out of here. I... <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember that when you did a Shakespeare movie? People tried to make me watch it, and I was like, I, I'm not going to do Shakespeare even for Whedon. I'm just not. I mean, after what we've been through with our theater careers, how dare they try? How dare Listen, they try? I'm triggered about Macbeth. <laughs> mm, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that we're right about all this. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, do you think, though, that we will be seeing a, a spinoff or some kind of um, continuation of the IP down the line? Yeah, I I would feel perhaps in five to ten years, someone's going to get around to it because everything's rebooted now. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be the next Spider-Man where we boot it three times in the same decade and then be like, oh, Ugh. yeah, no, this is the right one. I'm so glad I don't care about that franchise because I think that would annoy me. Um, Do you remember back in the day there was rumors about there being a new Buffy and one of the rumored actresses to take on the role was going to be Caroline from The Vampire Diaries? <laughs> And that's why it died. <laughs> that's why it died. You don't remember this? Because I, I could have made it up, but I think it is a thing. I remember hearing that it was going to be spearheaded by a Black writer, which I was all about, because that's one of the ways yeah. that Buffy did not 
pass any of my tests. I mean, that'd be cool. Um, I, but I don't remember hearing anything about the cast. I remember hearing Whedon would be a producer, which this was way before that. Before. So this was like I'm telling you, ten years before the one that you're sort of bringing to the table. There was oh. like I think in like 2010, kind of like Vampire Diaries era, they were talking about doing it again. Oh no. I know. Oh, no, no, no. Are you no, not no, a Vampire Diaries no. person? Are you not a Vampire Diaries stan? How dare you? Oh, so okay. weirdly enough, um, my friend, who's the co-host of my show, um, he got us hooked on it when he was visiting us after he graduated. Nice. And me and my other friend were like, why the fuck are we still watching this? And it's because of Trent. And so it's I watched perfect. maybe four seasons, maybe? That's a perfect amount. You do not need more than that. But yeah, I think that's it for me. Sheree, where can you be found online if you so wanted to be found? Ooh, um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at M-I-S-S-S-H-A-R-A-I for my personal shenanigans. Um, and I also write for Dread Central, so I bother Josh pretty frequently. So find me through Josh as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and my podcast, A Nightmare on Fierce Street, has a Nightmare Fierce for our Twitter handle and our whole name on Facebook and Instagram, A Nightmare on Fierce Street. Get into it incredible and thank you so much for coming on this podcast today i feel like we got some good work in. i feel like we really did the lord's work today and i feel good about that we did like i i'm so proud of us because it was a lot to get through and a lot of hot takes um but we did it yeah All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back with another episode of Development Hell. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.